This special video episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want is presented by Dating Kinky. It's built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions. John, or as he is known around the kink and fetish community, hi there, catsuit. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, as we're coming to you from FetishCon in St. Petersburg, Florida. I am joined by Calissa B. and Enchantress Sarai. And these two people I have been a fan of for quite a long time, but I'd like them to kind of introduce themselves to you so you know who they are. And you are a second time guest on the podcast. I think the first time was, wasn't I dressed up as Storm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. I'm Calissa Bliss. I've been doing this thing uh, for about two years now. Um, a little over two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for being a fan for so long. I know. I can talk about myself a lot, but I just don't know what to say. And I always know you as Calissa B because that's what all your social media is, and I always think of Calissa B. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of people think it's Kalisa. Mm-hmm. So if I ever do get business cards, I'll have to put pronunciation on mine, <laughs> too. Remember that. And this is the beautiful part of that because Sarai, who has the most amazing collection of business cards, actually has her pronunciation on the card. I get, I get it so often, like people will not say my name or they'll be like, thank God you said it because I didn't know how to say it that I figured I'd just break it down. So then there's just like, oh, okay, I know how to say this. I'm prepared. So. Yeah, I didn't know how to say it. <laughs> when I first met her, I thought it was Sahir. I've been called worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure, I've been called worse. So tell us a little bit about you. I know that you've been in the business a little more than two years. <laughs> um, I have definitely been in the industry for a little bit more than two years. I probably times that by quite a bit. <laughs> um, I've been doing this a long time. Um, first and foremost, my name is Enchantress Sarai. Um, I have been doing fetish content since, well, I won't say my age, so um, I'm going to say for the last 12 to 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a very long journey. Um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm really jaded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am ruined for all of society. Um, but honestly, I think that the American dream is to do something that you love mm-hmm. and to make a profit off of it, and that is what I am doing. So I am an all-American gal uh, <laughs> living the all-American dream, and I have the perk of working and meeting people like Calissa. Um, you know, it's very easy to look at someone like her who's new in the industry and be like, that's my competition, that's my mm-hmm. which did cross my mind 100% a thousand percent it actually made me a little bit tentative to interact with someone that was I could so mm. similar it came to across me. in mm-hmm. the messages yes. in, the, in, the in my stankness is what she's saying <laughs> like, um, no she likes me no I am a leery person to begin with mm-hmm. so it doesn't help and then add someone who is equally as gorgeous equally as talented as I am and everyone is comparing yeah. us to mm-hmm. one another um, it makes it like okay well can I like this person can I am I allowed to like this person and the answer is no I fucking love her (laughs) just saying (laughs) just so we get that clear you cannot like someone who is as good as you Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to love them we we almost like instant it was Mm -hmm. was. (laughs) we we didn't know what was going to happen and then we were just too similar. We're like yeah. the same person. Two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's why everyone yes. was comparing us because we're exactly the same. Yeah, we are very, very similar. Like, we're different. Like, when you see us together in real life, mm-hmm. 
the the differences are very obvious you know but then you know you compare our lives or you take gag half of our face and you have no idea (laughs) i've seen seen pictures of her where i was like when did i take that picture (laughs) that's amazing or my husband's like when did you do that that's not me (laughs) just so you know when when did you all discover the, uh, did you see a picture of her? Did you see a picture of her? How did you all discover that you have doppelgangers? So for me, I was very new in the industry, mm-hmm. so much so that I didn't know there was an industry. So I had <laughs> I people remember that. that emailed me and they were like, you remind me of Sarai. And I was like, I, I don't know who this woman you're talking about <laughs> is. But I was like, I don't care. I was like, okay, cool. So then I discovered there's an industry and I discovered how long she'd been doing it and how popular she was. And I was like, that's a big compliment. I was like, Mm -hmm. I get it now. And I was like, well, thank you very much. (laughs) I was like, thank you. Um, I stumbled on Kalissa through a mutual producer Mm -hmm. had like liked and retweeted. They had not worked with her yet. And um, I always have an eye out for brown, curvy, gorgeous women mm-hmm. i mean it just it doesn't and i'll i'll take that back people uh there are not enough of us in the industry so when when mm-hmm. someone pops up and is you know as striking as calissa is it's very hard not to notice them um so i just secretly went to her page and gave her a follow and was <laughs> like, i'll either love you or fucking hate you <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that we are here in St. Petersburg, Florida, and it is a hundred and what feels like. So if if, if you if you see me doing this a little he's bit, he's lying. He's fitzing over here because we're so close to him. Don't let him don't let him blow this off on the humidity of Florida. Okay, <laughs> it is really humid though. It's hot, barely. So as we always do, we're gonna we're gonna start with the first five five okay. questions about first for both of you. Okay. So I'll let you start. Okay. First time you had an inkling that you were kinky. Um, always. No, that's the, that's the answer everybody gives. Um, I think very young, very much in my teenage years, um, I, was, I was always an aggressive person. I've always been very... Um, confrontational, very assertive, very um, willing to be the person to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always, I've, I'm a natural switch. I, I like dominant people. I like naturally dominant people. But you have to have really big dominant balls to put me in my place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always looked for that in boyfriends who were willing to, you know, do a little back and forth and. It's. I feel like it's always been a part of my adult life. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it at like the sweet age of 15, 16 years old is when it really reared its head. So. How about you, Kalissa? So I was like yeah. super vanilla. <laughs> um, I didn't know that anything was a thing to the point where when I got my first damsel in distress custom, I was like freaked out because I was like people like this but then I did it and I was like oh I like this, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm enjoying this and then I discovered mummification and I was like I really oh I really like <laughs> this one and you know the dom thing I discovered that I like um, hot uh, older than me women specifically brown women or tan or tan. Mm-hmm. I would say you're brown, though. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just tan, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. You're a mocha um, almond. <laughs> but uh, I discovered that I'm very much into that as well. Mm-hmm. Just, I need to it might be a little bit warm for that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little warm. But yeah, I didn't discover it until I entered the industry. Mm-hmm. Same with my husband. He, don't let her fool you, though. She's a bossy little bitch. Oh, I, I'm the boss to, at she home. She loves to boss everybody around. Yeah. I'm the boss at home. Mm-hmm. But... She's the boss at other home. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boss. It works. First. What, what about you? What about me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My listeners have heard this a lot, but uh, I grew up watching Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay. I read that actually on your Twitter. Yes. And when I grew up watching Batman, I think something was imprinted in me mm-hmm. because uh-huh. by the time I got to puberty, when it was in daily reruns, the first time I ever had an orgasm, I was watching Catwoman tie up Batman. Oh, I love that. Good and choice. then I started 
really relating to Batgirl. Oh. And go instead of going, Batgirl's making me hot, it's like, I want to be I want Batgirl. To be Batgirl. <laughs> so that's why purple is in a lot of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did... I knew what fetish was before I knew what an orgasm was because I was that innocent to the point where I honestly didn't know what was happening to me. Yeah. But seeing what I was seeing on screen was giving me a certain feeling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that was my discovery. Okay. So I had it before I even knew what sex was. Yeah, you had it before nice. you knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So second of the first five for each of you. Mm-hmm. First time you ever saw an image of yourself as a damsel in distress, and what was your reaction to it? Um, so, are we talking like when I first started? Because when I first started, I didn't do any traveling. I didn't work with anybody, mm-hmm. just, just myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess if we're talking like that, it was probably just one of the customs I did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like seeing pictures of myself in bondage more mm-hmm. than I like seeing pictures of myself out of bondage. Ah. I feel prettier that mm-hmm. way. So I saw the pictures and I was like, I would just rather take pictures tied up than regular. I just feel prettier. I don't know. I, I just like, ah. Mm. We're going to go into that a little bit more. How about you? First time you saw an image of you in a fetish situation. And what did you think of it? Um... Uh, if you talk to anyone who knows me, um, they will probably tell you that I think very highly of myself. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if there was a difference between seeing myself tied up versus seeing myself, you know, as a regular person just standing around. I think mm-hmm. it was more impressive would be the feeling I felt because we do tough shit. You know, mm-hmm. still like, look good doing yeah I you know that. um when i started i was a fuller person um i understood why people liked to see fuller people tied up in bondage because you kind of get that sausagey effect mm-hmm. and i had that effect real good um it had to be dis- it had to be explained to me what made bondage hot you know did i like how it felt yes it was fun but when I started doing this, it was more about like acting and being an mm-hmm. actress, uh, you know, a, a kind of actress. So seeing myself tied up, it was, or or doing anything fetishy really was just more mm-hmm. like, wow, you're you're a pretty girl and and you're talented and you're acting, but that's hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're made of stuff tougher than the average Joe, and that to me is it still catapults how I feel today. It's like. You have to kind of like cross some bones and earn your stripes mm-hmm. in this world, and, and we've done that. <laughs> Shiny's giving us a cameo. His regular face. <laughs> Always enjoy having Shiny come up. You want to do there a site manager plug while you're here? Yes, site manager for all your site managing needs. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to talk to you soon. <laughs> I've known Shiny since last year here at FetishCon, and the imagination that that guy has is pretty amazing. Yeah, still a child at heart. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But enjoys what they do. Mm -hmm. Do you remember your first ever scene, and were you ready to enjoy it, or were you not sure about it? Yeah, so my first scene, didn't know what I was doing. And like I said, I was like, people are, he's asking me to pretend like I was kidnapped. I was like, this is so weird. I was like, this is so wrong. It's like, I, I was like, I didn't like it, but I didn't really put much effort into it because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a trained actor, kind of like what she was saying. I have a degree in acting. Mm-hmm. So once I figured that out, I was like, oh, again, I was like, oh, this is great. But... Yeah, when I first did it, I was very much uncomfortable, but I did it by myself. I set up mm-hmm. a camera and figured out how to kind of get myself in some kind of... It, I will never release that footage. It was bad. <laughs> Let's just say that. It was bad. We'll just say that. How about you? I know it's been a while, but do you remember that very first one? I took my ginkoba this morning. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do remember the very first time I was in anything that was considered fetish content. Um, 
the producer wears this badge with honor. Um, Jerry Badman is the first person who ever mm -hmm. did anything to me. Um, and I think I was more like nervous than anything at the time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I had never been approached to do something like that and let alone for money. You know, did I like to be spanked? Did I like to like play wrestle? Absolutely. Um, but to be tied up and to be filmed for it was something that was completely out of like my realm. Um, but again, I I love being in front of the camera mm -hmm. and I loved to pretend that what was happening was happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to have people stop and be like, are you OK? Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, um, so it was really tough. I had never had my arms behind my back like that, let alone my fucking elbows welded mm. together. Um, and Jerry Badman is not for the faint of heart. Thus <laughs> um, the name. Yes, yeah. even though he loves new girls, new girls may not necessarily love him because um, he's tough. He was not like... Oh, I'm just going to tie your wrists and your ankles mm -hmm. together and let you struggle. No, he welded my elbows together. He fucking strung me up in a strapado. Mm. He, like, tethered me to a banister. It was tough. But it was, it was like, the hardest money I had ever made and the easiest all at the same mm. time because I loved doing it. Mm -hmm. But my body hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, doing things that your body... Those are not natural positions, right? You don't naturally get yourself in those positions ever. So when it was done, the rope marks and just kind of, like, that dull ache of your body being held in a strange position for 15, 20 minutes at minimum... Um, it was exhilarating, mm -hmm. and I obviously liked it. <laughs> Thirteen years later, <laughs> you feel accomplished. Yes. You that. Yeah, yeah. You really do. A lot of this work is that. It's like, yeah, is it easy? Yeah. Do I stand around a lot of the time in a bikini doing nothing? One hundred percent. But then there are days where I put in work that not everyone can mm -hmm. do. A lot of people mm -hmm. would not mm -hmm. do. Like people look at me and I'm like. Cool. Yeah, you did that. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I did that for a long ass time too. Like yeah. so, there's pictures to prove it. Yeah, there's video. <laughs> <laughs> there is definitely video. <laughs> I know you all must get a lot of inappropriate notes from fans and such. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you got a note or message from a fan that you went, "Wow." That was really nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I get a, I get more nice commentary mm -hmm. than I do inappropriate. I get more inappropriate commentary on a street than I do online. Honestly, like I don't know if it's because I run a really tight ship with my social media, but I can probably count on one hand how many times I've been offended or um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for disrespected mm -hmm. um, or even like you know I don't get a ton of dick pics which I'm really thankful for Yay. I don't get a lot of unsolicited content um, so uh, my fans are really great like they really are but I've been doing this for some time and I would have to say like 97% of my fans fucking rule they That's awesome. are the bee's knees and the yeah. few and far between people that have something ridiculous to say, they get shut down really fast. If not by me, then by my people. They will yeah. they mm -hmm. come for you. Do not talk about me on the internet because the fans the fans are your greatest allies. Mm -hmm. They love you hardcore and they will shut things down if if you embrace them. So yes, I'm thankful for that that more often than not, it's like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's pretty much the same. Um, there was literally on Twitter, I got my first troll in a long time, and I actually commented, or no, I retweeted, and I was like, this is my first troll on Twitter in a long time. They're still out there. But it's mostly all really good stuff, you know. Um, they really do. They We're doing something for them that... You know, they might be like hiding from other people. So the fact that you know, they have trust in us by giving us their customs and stuff. So they appreciate us a lot. And there's more um, appreciation than there is hate. Yeah. Oh, a thousand trillion percent. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. First time you saw yourself as your authentic self and went, yeah, this is what I've wanted to be. 
I don't know if this is ever what I wanted to be. Hmm. Um, I don't know if we grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a fetish model. You know, um, I try to live my life as authentically as possible. I am who I am constantly. The difference between work me and regular me is the war paint I put on my face. Mm. Um, I am very honest with what I do in my regular life. My family knows, a lot of my friends know. Um, I'm proud. I, mm-hmm. I have accomplished something in this industry with longevity and, and with talent. And I, there should be no reason for me to ever look in the mirror and be like, you can't tell the world that. Um, yeah. So while I've never really thought I was going to be a fetish model, I, you know, we all grow up, I want to be a veterinarian or I want to mm-hmm. be a doctor. Um, I, knew, I knew I was going to be someone and be something to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it would be this, but I'll run with it. You know, Um, this is something you can do for such a long Long time. time. Mm -hmm. Um, While things are changing and some things get harder and we have to fight obstacles on a constant basis. Mm -hmm. I just think about the people that started when the internet didn't exist. Like, Mm -hmm. they sold videos. They mailed content. (laughs) They wrote letters. I'm like, let's go back to that. Who cares if the internet don't want me? You know what? My fans want me. Mm -hmm. And they are committed to getting what they need from me. And they will, where there's a will, there is a way, and they will find it. And I don't know. That's what's authentic about it. It's like, while I didn't want to be a fetish star, I am so thankful that I have the opportunity to be one and for people to see me that way. I'm a star when I look at myself. Mm-hmm. But for other people to recognize that within me is a blessing that I wouldn't give away for all the dollars in all the world. So for me, I always said I wanted to be famous. Mm-hmm. Ever since I was teensy, a little taut, um, I loved making people happy and smile and entertaining. Um, just that's what I wanted to do so from a baby onward to the point where I went to school and graduated with a bachelor's degree with focus in acting Mm -hmm. now I didn't run off like all of my classmates and actually try anything I kind of settled down Mm -hmm. got a regular job was which was draining the life out of me honestly and then I discovered this and it brought so much more life back into me mm-hmm. because when you think about it I'm using my degree I am acting I'm performing I'm making people happy it's paid. what I getting paid to do it mm-hmm. which some of my classmates don't get paid mm-hmm. to perform they're still working regular jobs and so like I'm using my degree it's not what I envisioned when I was younger but I would not change anything I'm happy where I'm at could I try and make a transition sure but I could. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You really can. do both. Um, if I ever reach that point where I want to run and try, but like right mm-hmm. now, I'm just trying to be as big as I can here. Because mm-hmm. I knew, I was like, I told you, I'm going to be famous. Didn't think I was going to be famous in bondage. Mm-hmm. Famous is famous. Famous is famous. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So. You might want to trade notes with Skylar West, yeah? who has just been a guest on this podcast. Skylar is one of Jim Weathers' uh, top uh, models that he works with. And she started from an entertainment side and then moved into the fetish side, but she's traversing both. Tomoko does too. Yeah. And it's it's so amazing if people can accept people for who they are Mm rather than some sort of reputation or some sort of thing like, well, you do this, yes, and I'm damn good at it. Yeah, damn good at it. <laughs> I think that we're in a, in a generation or in a time that there's nothing more feasible, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, I mean, celebrities who, celebrities who are celebrities are celebrities because they have sex tapes, you know? Uh, people who were strippers were you know porn stars are on main screen TV mm-hmm. they are they're on the silver screen that prejudice while is there in the world 100% as far as like being an adult star 
transitioning into mainstream media, mm-hmm. there's no more. There's no time more possible to mm-hmm. do that than right now. Yeah. Like a hundred percent, you can totally do if you can deal with the backlash that comes with that, and if you have the skin and the fortitude to be like, sit on it. Yeah. Just <laughs> sit on it. You can do it. You can do it. Like there's nothing. You know what's stopping us? Mm-hmm. And the strike. <laughs> yes, yes, that would that would be a part of it. Yes. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return on what women and other wonderful humans want from FetishCon, presented by Dating Kinky, we will talk more with these two people, including the first time I ever saw them. And I think that one person's going to be rather interested by that when we come back. Hi, Katsu. Thank you so much for sharing your wholesome space with the team of Fetish Bacchanal. Sparkle the Brat and I, Goddess Alanis, will be hosting a three-day Kingfield retreat in Jamaica, June 28th to the 30th, 2024. This is going to be an escape of a property with a cleansing mineral cave right in the heart of it. Follow at Fetish Bacchanal on Twitter for more updates on ticket links, vending, performances, and more. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and other wonderful humans want presented by dating kinky thank you nookie and welcome back to the program joined by enchantress sarai and Calissa bliss see i got the bliss in there this mm-hmm. time and the reason i wanted to mention that in particular mm-hmm. is you talked about the fact that when you saw yourself in a picture in bondage mm-hmm as opposed to the picture that you would have outside of bondage, that you found yourself prettier. Tell me about that. So I I do have body dysmorphia, so I generally don't like myself most of the time. It's Mm. okay, I like you. Yeah, yeah, people tell me I'm silly for that, and I know, I know, but uh, it's just how I am. Uh, childhood trauma. Right? <laughs> so um, I do suffer from that. So I don't like the way I look most of the time. So, like, if I go on tour, right, with friends, and they're like, "Okay, we're we're going to do a glamour shoot," I'm like, mm, "Okay, <laughs> good, yay." Mm-hmm. And then if they're like, "We're going to do bondage," I'm like, "Yes, yes. Like, let's do this." <laughs> so I don't know, just something about the poses in the bondage came natural to me. So looking at my body in that way. I was like, I can be tied up, but still feel like I didn't feel like I looked fat and ugly. And mm-hmm. like, you know, some people might look at bondage and they'd be like, look at them all trussed up like a chicken or, you know, like a busted can of biscuits. But like, I looked at myself and I was like, this is what it's supposed to look like. So I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I've actually thought on it very much. So now I'm like trying to formulate, yeah, <laughs> like figure it out on a podcast. But yeah, so. I understand what body dysmorphia is about. Mm. But did it come from somebody saying that you looked a certain way and you believed it? Yes. So I was larger when I was younger. And um, my mom, I was adopted. My mom was, Mm -hmm. my adopted mom was white. And I grew up in an all white town. I was the first black person to graduate from my high school Mm. back in 2014. Um, so, you know, dealing with racism as well, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wanted to date a black girl, but I was also bigger. Well, my mom was very hard on me for that. She was like, listen, she was born in 1944. So she saw a lot, right? Mm-hmm. She saw the whole shabam. She's like, first of all, you're a woman. You're also black. So to counter those two, when you grow up in life, you need to be attractive and you need to be smart. So you need to get an education and you need to lose weight. So mm. she like 
put me into like Weight Watchers and stuff when I was like 16 and you're not even supposed to be in Weight Watchers at 16. All the older women were like, oh, sweetie, what are you doing in here? You don't need, go live your life. You're, you're only 16. And, you know, she's like, I'm going to put a padlock on the fridge. There, mm. there was a lot of stuff. So, like, I was never made fun of in school. Um, I was ridiculed at home. Wow. Um, you know, that turns into abusing medications and laxatives and bulimia and a whole lot of things, which I finally kind of, you know, got a handle on all of that years ago. It's not like it's recent. Mm-hmm. But um, I still s- suffer from the dysmorphia. But yeah, it was my mom. Thanks, mom. She's not with us today, but mm-hmm. if you're watching, I say it enough. She knows. But when the ropes went around you, it gave you somewhat of this beautiful safe space. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know, just the way the, my body looked and the poses and just the performance of it. And I was just like, this is just, this is nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You said that you've had different body types as you've gone through your career. I remember first seeing you back when you did a scene with Elizabeth Andrews <laughs> wearing a latex leotard and really shiny tights and you looked amazing. Thank you. The short hair was incredible. Thank you. And I was identifying with because when I tend to watch videos, I tend to identify with what that person is going through. That's what really, the mind game is what really gets me. But you have always, it seems, been very proud of what you look like no matter what you look like. Yes. How did you get to be that way? I don't know. Um, my, I, I too am adopted. Uh, mm-hmm. Kalissa and I share that in common. Mm-hmm. Um, my adopted dad, from from the moment he saw me, told me I was a beautiful girl. From the from the moment, and um, he told me that I was always going to be beautiful, and that I had to take that and rule the world with it. Um, and I just always have. I I don't equate my beauty to what I look like. Mm-hmm. I equate it to just me it it doesn't do I have a preference as to what I look like yes 100 Mm percent I have an I I have a preference as to what I want my body to look like I think everybody does but being 20 pounds heavier than that being 30 pounds heavier than that doesn't take away from who I am Mm -hmm. what I am what I bring to the table if anything I'm just giving you more to squeeze on more to put in between things so it just I don't know. I I have <laughs> I have an overabundance of confidence, mm-hmm. and it's not geared or based on the number on a scale or the number of my genes. I I think I'm amazing, and if you aren't your biggest fan, you cannot expect anyone else to be. Mm-hmm. And there's no one in the world that can tell me anything about myself that I first don't already know. Mm-hmm. And if I do know, I likely don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't care about your opinion. I, I choose to. And your opinion has no direct effect on me. You have a preference and you're entitled. Their opinions, they're like assholes. Everybody has one. Mm-hmm. You have yours, I have mine. And that's, that's all that there, it's ever been. I've, I'm overly confident to my detriment and to my success. I don't care. I love, I love myself more than anyone. Mm-hmm. And that allows me to love endlessly and to accept your critiques and your criticisms, your approvals, your dismay. I don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't care. I love me regardless of anything. So, Snow Mercy who was on our show a while back, Mm -hmm. said at the end of the show, John, I'm kind of shocked you didn't ask me something. And I said, what was that? She said, you didn't ask me about my love life. Mm. And I said, it's not our business. Yeah. Yeah. 
you actually have that you're married mm -hmm. on your social media. Yeah. Has that been a positive? Or do you think sometimes people are like, well, that breaks the fantasy? Mm -mm. I have, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Mm -hmm. If it has, they haven't written, they haven't written me about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If I've lost fans over it, I've gained other fans for it. Right. Yeah. So I really, I couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. I honestly yeah. don't know. Um, my fantasy, the fantasy that I am providing isn't tangibility. Mm -hmm. It's never that you're going to be with me. Mm -hmm. That's not what I promote. You can, not, you can, I just, you can never have me. Yeah. I am a fantasy. Yeah. Fantasies mm -hmm. happen. They don't come to real life. You, that's just, this is just not one of them. Could you meet me? Yes, 100%. Could we sit down? Could we have lunch? Absolutely. But it's not about you ever getting or being with me or having me in that way. So my marital status or my relationship status should have no effect mm -hmm. on whether or not I fulfill your fantasy. To me, in my opinion. I, I agree. Yeah, I, nobody's ever really brought it up to me before um, as being an issue. A lot of the times people, even fans, are like, you're lucky because you know you can just film stuff with your husband so if there's things that people want not all models can mm -hmm. really do that because not everybody wants to just go around you know doing stuff with everyone i can just do it with my husband so mm -hmm. you know uh, because i think it sometimes gets back to how people look at you yeah. and i love the fact that you get so many positive messages towards you because you're both totally beautiful on the outside and as I'm learning you're even more beautiful on the inside thank you. yes thank you having that fortitude and being able to get through every day with that confidence that can be empowering to so many different yeah. people can you describe a time when you've met somebody and been able to help them see themselves in a different way through what you all do? She helped me. Thinking of me helping someone else, um, I don't know if I've quite done that yet. A lot of the people that I've worked with have been doing this longer mm -hmm. um, than me. I gravitate, gravitate towards those who have been doing it. Um, so I guess I would reverse it and say that uh, she had a big influence on me because, like she said, there's not a lot of women of color in the industry. Um, so when you don't see that, it kind of makes you think either I'm going to be really big because I'm different mm -hmm. or I'm not going to be big at all because I'm different. Um, and I met her and I was like, this is what I want to be like. I want that confidence and the love for myself and everything. So yeah she and my husband says the same thing he constantly he's like i'm really glad you met her and i'm like i'm really glad i met her too because you know i i don't know i think i'm a different person thanks to sarai i am it's true um i've stated previously i have confidence and abundance um i think I think that people don't love themselves enough. Yeah. I think that we compare ourselves constantly to the next man. And I am thankful that I don't suffer from those <laughs> obstacles. Um, I compare myself to the person that I was yesterday. And I don't dwell on that person, and I just try to make it so that the person that I am tomorrow is better than the person that I was yesterday. And as many people as I care to come in contact with, because, I mean, let's face it, every day you meet hundreds of people mm -hmm. walking in the street, going to the grocery store, going to the gym. Um, there are people in my life that I can't help but to remind them of just how awesome they are mm. and to sometimes you have to like clean their glasses because they're so murked up 
you mm-hmm. know, by your own childhood trauma. Yeah, mm-hmm. by your own childhood trauma and just your 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 self saboteur is, is real. That person that lives inside of you is real, and I punch them in their face all the time. <laughs> like no, no, you can sit here and you can complain about all the shit that you don't have. Mm-hmm. But you should put that energy into focusing on all the shit that you do have, all the, mm-hmm. all the things. All, I like to call them blessings, not because I'm religious, but because you don't. Not everybody has them, right? Mm-hmm. So if you count your blessings and you focus on that, and you continue to try to give blessings away, because that's how you keep them. My my father, my biological father, told me that in order to keep your blessings, you have to give them away. So every person that you care about and you come into contact with, you have to remind them, yo, you're the shit. It doesn't matter that you're stuck in this rut. You have, what do you want? How did mm-hmm. you get there? How are you going to get there? You want to lose weight? Go to the gym. Yeah. You know, you want to lose weight? Stop eating ho-hos. You want to lose weight? Get off the couch. Yeah. If you don't want to and you just want to complain about that, then tell me because I won't waste my time. Mm-hmm. I'm not friend. I'm not a sugar coat, tell you what you hear, what you want to hear kind of person. I'm just, I don't work that way. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that you're not like, is this dress making me look fat? Yes, go change. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, let's go in your you closet out. and let's make you look the best you're ever going to mm-hmm. look. Because unfortunately for you, you have to stand next to me. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're concerned, let's go fix that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to beat you down. I don't need to berate you. I don't need to make you feel lesser than in order mm-hmm. for me to feel good. Like, yeah. I want to stand with people who are proud, people who are confident, people who have their head held high, because that makes me look so mm-hmm. much better. Yeah. When you surround yourself with confidence, you are confident. And I just live my life that way. It's very hard to deal with Debbie Downers. I like to call them the Eeyores of the world. And yes. Like, I, I love yous, but you just drain the energy out of the room. And if I put all my energy into you, I'm going to be a prune. And then I, I, I can't be me. But I, I can be that person. Like, let's do it. But every day, you're awesome, you're amazing, you're stunning, you're smart, you're educated, you're confident, you're strong, you're successful. Go do it. Yeah. Go do it. If you don't tell yourself that, especially when you don't feel that way, when you're like, everything is going wrong. If you don't look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm literally standing in a pile of shit, but I am a million bucks. No one, no one is going to. You have to. So that people then turn around and like, you wearing a shit girl, cause you wearing the shit out of it. I think uh, these days, um, and I know that she's experienced this. People sometimes view confidence, they mistake confidence, right, for being um, arrogant, arrogant, narcissistic. You know, they may not have even met you, but yeah, they just view. So people don't want to see confidence. They're threatened by success, they're threatened by other people's confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got their own little bit of depression that they're fighting so seeing someone else who loves themselves and all that they're like oh well don't you just think that you're so perfect it's like no it's not that I think I'm perfect I'm trying to be the best that I can be Mm -hmm. and I can't be the best I can be if I'm just like slumped doing this and I know because I had a seizure back in April Mm -hmm. so all of May that's what I was was slumped down depressed Mm -hmm. didn't want to do anything and like she said I had to tell myself like I just need to get back up and get out there and because I am I'm amazing I'm great but I won't be if I don't get up and do something success is built on failures mm-hmm. it's not built on success that's yeah. not how success works you have to fail you, you in order somewhere. to learn something you have to continuously fail and then one day you're going to be great mm-hmm. and that's that's all that matters it's fail seven times get up eight that's it that's that's all it is at the end of the day you know um I listen to a lot of motivational, like, uh, fitness motivation, and um, a really great quote came up the other day that I've, like, been living on right now, and it's, confidence is arrogance under control. Mm. And I love it. I love it, because you have to know that you are the shit, but you're not shit simultaneously. I put my pants on one leg at a time. My butt just looks good in these jeans. 
And if we could all be that way, like we would be unstoppable. If we could accept that, you know what, I'm flawed and I'm not always perfect. And you know what, I can feel my feelings. Today is a sad day. Today I'm going to be sad. Yeah. But tomorrow I'm going to kick the day's ass. Yeah. It, I don't know if we would suffer so much. We would have to be so heavily prescribed, so heavily medicated. We would, it, it would just be okay. Feel your feelings. Be mad. Be yeah. sad. Be happy. Be arrogant. Just feel them and keep it moving. And just don't live in any one feeling for too long. Don't and listen to other people. No, you can't. You I've can't. gotten that tons of times where it's like you think you're better than everyone else. And I'm like, I never once did I say mm -hmm. I was better than anyone else. I just, I like myself. Mm -hmm. but As you should. You know, like you said, arrogance under control. It's not just being arrogant. Other people, I think that they view themselves in a way and they just don't like to see other people mm -hmm. shining. But I want everybody to shine. Yes. There's enough money for all of us. I like to promote models. I like to interview models as well. You know, I like to have fun. I'm not one of those that's like... No, I, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to promote you. I don't want any of that. I want you to fail constantly. No, you know, even people in my past, like my 10-year high school reunion is going to be next year, and I hope that everybody has been living life, regardless of whether they settled down and had a family or whatever. I want everybody to be good. That's what I'd like. People have asked me why I do this show. Mm -hmm. I think the last several minutes define that. We're brought together by this wonderful world of fetish and kink. Yeah. We're brought together by a world that few understand. Mm -hmm. But it's the beauty inside. It is the authenticity. People may tune in going, I'm going to see two hot fetish models. Yeah. But and they're they learning a lesson mm -hmm. in life. Yeah. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> and when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want from FetishCon, we're going to talk a little bit about the work. Because I've been so inspired. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> the work. The work. Or the work. The work. <laughs> Ooh, when we come back. <laughs> now in the midst of its third season as we approach 200 shows, Dating Kinky presents What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you, Nookie. Welcome back to the program. This has been deep, but let's yeah. talk about fun things. Okay. Let's do the... We're going to plug things Shameless now. plug. Shameless plugs. Who wants to go first? Do you, are, you, are you going to... Okay. You got it. You're up. On my websites and things? Three, mm -hmm. two, one, go. Uh, yes, uh, Calissa Bliss. Um, Twitter is at Calby Promo. Uh, they took down my Instagram. Uh, they took down my YouTube. Let's see what I'll what, look up. But uh, you know what? Google me. Google Calissa Bliss. Mm -hmm. You'll find everything. Everything. Probably some things that also shouldn't be up. Pirated things. Mm. But don't watch those. Yeah. Pay for your porn. OnlyFans. You can find me there. Um, clips for sale. Mini vids. All the things. <laughs> Google. Um, shameless plug number two. Um, my name is too long for Twitter. So just type in my name on Google and you will find my Twitter. Mm. Or you can go to enchantressthrite.com where you can find my website for custom content. Um, I fill all sorts of custom requests. Mm -hmm. um, you will find my Twitter, you will find my clip store where you can see an abundance of fetish films that I have starred in and or produced. 
produced because I'm well-rounded. Um, <laughs> Instagram hates me, so there's that. Mm -hmm. um, I never started a YouTube, so don't go there. <laughs> um, you can find me on OnlyFans, but OnlyFans hates fetish workers too, so yeah. there's that. Um, I don't know. Tweet me. It's your best chance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Email. Ooh. Me, tayprincesscalissa at gmail.com. I also do customs. We also do customs together. together. How close do you all live to Not each other? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about this over the break. Our good friends are people that we find within the fetish and kink community. Yes. But you get so close to them and then you have to say bye. Later. We say later. Bye is forever. We say later. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you later. See you again. Mm -hmm. So you're in New York. I am in New York. Where are you? I'm down in the corn and beans in southern Illinois. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ain't nothing to do. You get dressed up, you go to Walmart. That's about, <laughs> that's about what we got. I've done it before. Get all them white men staring. Them white ladies, they're like, ah. I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, I look like this. <laughs> it's not much to look at over there. I'm not sorry. <laughs> so I know you love to be tied up. Mm -hmm and do the damsel type thing. I've seen you do so many different things that I know you're a switch, but do you prefer one over the other? No. No? No. 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 They say in the lifestyle that, <laughs> that switches are greedy. We hmm. are greedy people. Because honestly, I love dominating people as much as I love being dominated by the right person. Mm -hmm. In my work life, do I submit to people that I wouldn't naturally submit to in my real life? Yes. Yeah, but we all do things for money that we wouldn't do naturally mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. So that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I, I love, I'm greedy. <laughs> I'm a greedy <laughs> girl and everything about my personality indicates that um and i i couldn't choose i hate that what's your favorite question mm -hmm. like, why would i do that today's monday i want to eat this tomorrow mm -hmm. is tuesday my favorite color is this i don't want to pick i want options and i am lucky enough to have them yeah. so and i'm good at both sides of the coin so mm -hmm. as like in a money standpoint, why would I shut down an avenue of income? Mm -hmm. Because it goes against my brand. I'm too dominant to submit. <laughs> that that might work for you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. um, because my personality just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Sometimes I want to be told to sit down and shut up. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I want to stuff my foot in your mouth so you can shut up. So <laughs> like, I surprise people. They're like, Kalissa, Kalissa, as a top, what is happening? And I'm like, honey, I'm the boss at home. My husband mm -hmm. does what I tell him to. <laughs> that is my house, okay? They just don't see that side outside of work. I see it. Yeah, she sees it. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit sneaks out here and there, but otherwise she has control. What makes a good sub? Ooh. I have not had one, so I, I don't know. What, what makes I think you I'm, a good sub? I do what I'm told most of the time. I'm, okay, I'm a, I'm a bratty sub. So I guess if we're being honest. Brats never admit it. I think it depends on preference. Because I've heard that not everybody likes brats. But I like to be a brat. Because I want to push your buttons just enough to where maybe you want to punch me. Just a little bit. Yes, punish me and make me feel great all at the same time. But the thing about damsels, because in the scene, I identify as damsel people mm -hmm. say what are you i'm a damsel i'm not a sub i'm not a uh, i'm not a slave i'm a damsel yeah. and me trying to get out just means that i'm getting into my role it doesn't mean that i'm trying to yeah. ruin what you have yeah. because the more you tell me that you have me the more deep i go mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. is that why you like damseling so much i have there's so many factors into it the, the performance acting thing was a big part of it and I like Calissa's a damsel because she is very much in charge in her day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. yeah. and when she gets to be a damsel all she has to do is sit there and squirm 
yeah, her I only like responsibility, the only thing that she has to do mm-hmm. is squirm. Wow. Yeah, that's it. I was trying to find... Look, she, she, she knows me. That's, that's interesting. That's it. It's it's very much it's very much like a power dynamic situation. Someone who's constantly in control wants to be able to give up control. Could she have the potential of getting out of the bondage? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Does she want to get out of the bondage? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Can she get out of the bondage? Sometimes. A lot of times. I put forth that. Yeah. A lot of times. <laughs> you know, but I think personally from speaking with Calissa that it is a matter of there not being anything else you can do. Yeah. All you can do is sit there and take it and fiddle. It's your time. It sounds funny, but sometimes I just feel like I had the easier job than mm. some of the producers because I'm just like, when I'm at home, I'm the boss. When I leave home, other people are the boss and I just get to be... The, the actress, damsel. The damsel. Mm-hmm. You know, you tie me up, I do... Just Whatever you say. The, yeah, just tell me what you want, and I can do that for you within my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a lot. It's like... And then I go home, and I'm like, all right, let me put my big girl pants back mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Gotta be in charge again. That's right. That's right. When you are in your I dominant can. personality, what makes a good sub? Kalissa. <laughs> <laughs> Kalissa makes good everything. <laughs> um, lot, there are lots of factors. I, I don't like doormats. I like, I like opinionated people. I like people who have um, tenacity and spunk. I am not always a fan of a brat um, because I don't like that. I don't like people being bad to get what they want because to me that's topping from the bottom mm-hmm. like yeah. you have you have expressed to me what you desire and what you require out of this relationship and doing what you're supposed to do and anticipating things I want you to do gets you rewarded you being naughty and antagonizing me gets you ignored mm. personally I don't I don't I don't uh, gratify bad behavior like you, if your dog pees on the on the carpet, you don't praise him and like, yeah, let's throw you a party and give you a biscuit. No, no, you put his nose in it. You tell him he's been bad and you send him on his way. That's she it. has had to do that to me. So <laughs> she has. She's had to give me the the stern look and the words, and I'm like, okay, that's it. You know. Um. So. A good sub is someone who listens, someone who anticipates, someone who cares genuinely about you and isn't doing something for their gratification. Um, I think in the industry, minus the the lifestyle, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of like, oh, I want to be your slave, I want to be your sub, and I'm going to give you $5 and I want this, that, and a third. Like... No, no, that's a transaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that right there is a transaction. You're telling me what you want for the amount of money that you're providing me, mm-hmm. and I don't want that. I don't want that. I want you to serve because that's gen. That is what pleases you. You doing for me is what pleases you, and that's and it's not like oh well, you're gonna do my laundry and you're gonna wash my car and you're gonna clean my clothes and I'm you're gonna have this endless list of things and all I'm gonna do is give you my time. No, no, you have needs, you have wants, and you have desires, and if I can fulfill them, I will. But it's a two-way street. It's you know? a give-give. It is a give-give. Mm-hmm. Give. It's 100% a give-give. I care about your well-being. I care about your mental health, about your physical health. I want you to be fit, healthy, active. I want you to be eating right. All those things. I, I want to know when you get home. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so I have to sit here, and I have to wonder, and I have to worry about all those things. Those are the things that I'm going to put into you. I expect those things in return. That you being the submissive doesn't alleviate of you your mm-hmm. responsibility of caring about me and my well-being mm-hmm. and what I need done. Um, so, you know, someone who brings something to the table doesn't just come to the table like, okay, what's, what am I going to be served? Well, what'd you bring? This is a potluck, mm-hmm. bitch. <laughs> this is not the restaurant. This is a potluck. You bring something, I bring something together, we make a meal. Mm-hmm. So that's what a good sub is to me. I've always enjoyed when people negotiate with me mm-hmm. because I think 
my fet pretty much defines who I am. It shows all the fetishes that I like. But when I negotiate, I always start with the same line. I want to be stuck in a moment I can't get out of. Mm. Literally. Take that with... Take that as you will. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And to me, to be able to use that imagination. Mm -hmm. And if they ask for more, I say, well, the more you tie me up, the happier I am. Impact allows me to go somewhere else in my Mm -hmm. mind instead of where I am. Mm -hmm. But what I am absolutely addicted to are the moments. I don't want to be thinking about what's going on in the past. Yeah. Or what I have to do for work in the future. Or what I'm going to eat for dinner. Yeah. Or the laundry that's in the wash that needs oh, to get flipped yeah. into the dryer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Living in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It is. I want to finish up by hitting you two with a heavy word. Mm-hmm. Tell me what connection means for you two. What kind of connection? Just connection in general? That, that is a, a punch, isn't it? Think about it? What does connection mean to us? Just like in general? Like the, mm-hmm. Connection typically for me means possession. Okay. If I connect with you, you're mine. I'm a collector of people. And not that I have a lot of people, but there are rare little gems that you walk around the world looking for. And sometimes you have to dig for them. And sometimes they're just shining. And you just reach out and you take them. And that's a connection for me. Like, I met Calissa, and I didn't have to dig for her. She was just out there. And we connected. And with that connection, I see Calissa as mine. Is she? No, we're not married, right? We're not in a relationship. But don't fuck with her. Mm -hmm. I kind of am we connect there is literally an invisible string from her little heart to my little heart Mm -hmm. and that's our connection and when she's hurt i feel it when she's happy i feel it and And vice versa that she may never talk to me for six months and she's mine that's how i see her and people that i connect with that's how i see it it may not be a relationship that i want or the way that I want it. Not all relationships can develop how you want them to, but it just means that wherever you go, you know that there is someone that regardless of how much you communicate with or how much you nurture that relationship, if you need me, it's there. Like I might not always answer your phone call, but if you're like 911, Mm-hmm. That's what our connection is. It's always it's having someone that you know that come rain, come snow, good news or bad news, you have someone you can rely on. If for nothing else, to be honest and truthful with you. Yeah. So my connection is, in quotations, possession. Because if I connect with you, you become mine. So. Oh, good. I would, I would agree with that. I think... I think I know when I connect with someone, when I feel comfortable enough around them that I don't feel like I have to entertain them and they don't have to entertain me, like, we can hang out and not say anything to each other, Mm -hmm. but I'm happy in that moment with you. Um, We can say hi and bye, you know, and I'm just glad. I I love it. I've met so many people like that. It's the the same with her. Like Mm -hmm. she said, you know we might not talk because we're both really busy she's busy all the time i'm busy all the time but like once we do get together once i do hear from her you know it's just there we just be together and it be chill as if no time yeah because not everybody's like there's not everybody that can come to my house and me just sit back and relax i'm like can i get you anything Mm -hmm. you need water are you hungry should i go and cook up a whole buffet like what do you like you know i can just be like Go to the fridge. <laughs> Grab a can of Why are you asking me? <laughs> like, you know where it's at. I think yeah. that's when I have the stronger connections. But I was also raised to think that um, if people want something to do with you, then they'll reach out to you. Don't bother other people. Um, so I'm kind of 
weird at forming connections. So I don't know. People, if people like just like me that much that they keep coming around, then she's connected. Then that's yep, I'm connected. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for connecting me with you mm. because somewhere in your FetLife mailbox from <laughs> three years ago is a. I've been a long-time fan and would like to have you on my podcast. Uh, Calissa has actually been the connection to a lot of things I'm doing this fetish con. She has been my middleman, um, ironically, uh, for quite some things on my schedule this weekend. I think she and I might like battle for who likes me best. Oh, yeah. So just so you know, world, if you're talking to Calissa, you are talking to me. Mm-hmm. I think I annoy people sometimes because I'm like, Sarai, Sarai. And they're like, will you please stop talking about that bitch? Like, we, and I'm like, never. I will always. Sarai. I actually called Calissa and was like, you know, your husband's going to hate me. <laughs> like, <laughs> could we stop? Could we, just maybe a little bit. Not so much to him. Mm. Just, no. no. She's like, nope. He loves you too. That's it. Yeah. Done. <laughs> once, I, once I was gone that month in your Mm-hmm. She would act more so than his own family. She would call and check on him. It's hard. It was hard for me, and I don't live with her. And yeah. I'm like, yo, she's gone for a month. Like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Whole month. Like, are you okay? That was big. <laughs> are you lonely? Because, <laughs> like I said, like even his family didn't really do that. So, like, for her to do that, and they've only met one time. Um, was huge. So he asked me all the time. He's like, how's Sarai? How's Sarai? <laughs> Tell her I said hi. How's Sarai? Oh, hey, Sarai. So, you know, there's a little meow. And we know that that's Sarai texting me. Oh, how's she doing? I'm like, I'll find out for you. So. Sarai, Kalissa, oh my gosh, this has been amazing. I don't think I have ever had such a heartfelt friendship and connection illustrated than what you two have have shared with us today and I hope it provides inspiration for many people within this community that there's authenticity in yeah. life yeah there really is and there's love there yeah. is there's so much love there's more love here than lots of places in lots of places Thank you so very much. Thanks so much Thank for having you. us. Thank you, yes. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. Mm, yes. Thanks for being with us. Bye. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www podcast and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash dating kinky this has been a presentation of dating kinky built by kinksters for kinksters poly queer trans folk and anyone not quite vanilla and it's free <laughs>